Final hour of the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980 as well. We're picking football games. We'll do our pick six coming up at 6.15, but uh, we are in the middle of our trip around the NFL, Week 18 style, Anthony Haney. Uh, let's get to the 4.25 games uh, which, of course, includes ours here in D.C. The Take Command pregame show starts at 1 o'clock at Tap Sports Bar MGM National Harbor. Uh, that's on Sunday. Today, of course, Friday, football Friday on the Team 980. Driven by your local Honda dealer. Experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. 425 window starts with Bears and Packers, Anthony. Packers, three-point favorites at home trying to clinch a playoff spot. Jordan Love has a chance to go like 30 touchdowns, eight interceptions, like 30 and sub 10 uh, on the year. Sorry, he'd be, uh, he's actually already there. He's 30 and 11 on the year. So, I mean, he throws a couple in this game, no picks, like something like a 32 touchdown, uh, 11 interception season. The the milestone he's on, the, the round number milestone, I should say, he's on the verge of is... Uh, 4,000 yards. He's at 38-43 right now. Uh, DJ Moore needs eight catches in this game to hit 1,000. Uh, eight uh, would give him over, or sorry, 100 plus 1,300 yards. He's got eight touchdowns as well. So 92 catches on the year right now for DJ Moore. 1,000, Anthony, would be a lot of catches. Yeah, that will be uh, a career's worth. Yeah, you might say. Uh, a very good career's worth. Uh, here's the scenarios for the Packers. Packers win and they're in. They tie, and they could get some help from Seattle, New Orleans, Tampa, etc. Uh, they can also get in with a combination Minnesota loss or tie, Seattle loss, and then Tampa or New Orleans loss. So you need all three. So there's a chance they could win and get in, or not even win and get in. They are in the driver's seat currently. Do they do it, sir? It's a great question, Craig. And, uh, I don't think they do. I think Justin Fields and the Bears continue to ride the momentum that they've built up over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I mean, I like what Jordan Love is doing. I just have no faith in their defense whatsoever. They got all those playmakers over there on the defensive side of the ball, and they haven't lived up to it. I don't think that starts this week. And uh, I think Justin Fields has a big game. I th also, I just think this is a very important game for the, I guess, the franchise QB of, like, both organizations like who can really go out there and make a, a stand is it going to be Jordan Love get him in the playoffs or Justin Fields I think it's a bigger game for Fields than it is for Love um in terms of their future with the mm -hmm. current franchise yeah it might be a bigger game for Love long term because I think Love like if I had to pick one to take for the future right now I'd take Love yeah and he like having this formative high pressure experience could be a launching point for him to the next level where all of a sudden next year we're talking about Jordan Love on the back end of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. This dude is about to go 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and, you know, 11 interceptions. Uh, you know, see, maybe it's 32 and 12 or whatever the number winds up being, but it's going to be over 30, under 15, and over 4,000. Like, that's a hell of a season. And in a season, by the way, where his receiving core – was not consistent or reliable. Mm -hmm. He didn't get a lot of help from his defense. Like, there's just a lot to like about Jordan Love. And so maybe this is a huge launching point for him. 
Um, but I think if Fields goes out and does this, he pulled them back to then an eight and nine season. And think about how we talked about the Bears, and I know they destroyed the Commanders, and that was kind of the jumping off point for their turnaround was that game that you know the Commanders have been the get right game for a lot of teams this season. But if we they were so bad early in the season. He comes back. He starts connecting with DJ Moore. Moore has this monster season. Maybe Moore gets 100 yards on Sunday. Like, that's a 1,400-yard season. Yeah. That's crazy. And I think it would be hard to pass up getting an offensive line improvement or getting DJ Moore some extra help in the form of Marvin Harrison Jr. and sticking with Justin Fields. But they got to pay him soon, so there is that. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking the Packers in the game. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's ultimately where we need to get to. Uh, although I think the analysis low-key is oh, no, more we important than the picks. Love uh, Broncos, Raiders, uh, Vegas three-point favorites at home. Uh, the reason this game is at 425 is because it's in Las Vegas. There's no playoff implications here. Uh, so Broncos, Raiders, Vegas uh, trying to get to 8-9. Broncos are at 8-8. Can they finish above 500? That'd be crazy behind Jared Stidham. Uh, Devontae Adams needs two catches for 100. That's the end of the analysis. Who you got? He has 98 catches on the season? Yeah. Good. I would not be able to tell you. Uh, I'm going with the Raiders. Um, I just have no faith in Jared Stidham and company. And uh, also, the Raiders defense is pretty darn good. It is. I agree. That is that. I also just do not like the Broncos, and I don't feel like having to have any part of my being root for them. Uh, Eagles, and sometimes... To be honest, when it's a close game, that's what it's about. Eagles and Giants. Of course, Eagles looking for some help from the Commanders in terms of winning the NFC East. They have clinched a playoff berth. They would clinch the NFC East with a win and a Dallas loss or a tie and a Dallas loss. Uh, Other than that, they are locked into the first wildcard spot in the NFC. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Um, they they need this game. Going into the playoffs, you lose to a Giants team that that is playing better over the last couple of weeks, defensively anyway. For sure. Or just as a whole, to be honest. Uh, but, again, if you if you want to be and a – played on a top leg- a couple weeks ago. A legit co- contender, I think you, you need to go out here and really assert your dominance. Get that offense going – because it hasn't been clicking, you know, since the beginning of the season. So the offense, the secret, the 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 first dirty secret of the Eagles season was their defense wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, and it was playing okay-ish earlier in the season, and then the offense was not that great, and they just won some ugly games, and they figured it out, and that you know wins matter. They bought mm-hmm. them a lot of time. Um, and then the defense just continued to go downhill, but the offense has actually picked it up a little bit. Hertz is playing all right right now. I'm going to take Philadelphia as well. And, like, that's the that's the thing that I think I'm most intrigued by is can the defense get right? Because the offense low-key has actually put it together the last couple weeks for Philadelphia. Seahawks and Cardinals. Again, this is a game uh, with minimal, uh, minimal playoff implications, although there are some for Seattle. Um, they need help. This is not a win and in scenario, but it is uh, being played on the West Coast, so that's it's a 4:25 game. Seattle win and Green Bay loss. They're in. Uh, also, Seattle tie, Green Bay loss, uh, and some help from the NFC South. So that is the scenario for Seattle. Not dead, but not a uh, 
not not really in control of their own destiny. Meanwhile, for the Cardinals, actually, that's the more important part of this for Washington. A Cardinals win would, and assuming Washington loses, eliminate someone else to worry about tiebreakers with for that number two overall pick. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Originally, I was thinking the Cardinals coming off the big win, but the Seahawks have some really good corners as opposed to the Eagles. Um, so I don't think Arizona will have that much success. Seahawks. Agreed. All right, this one, <laughs> Chiefs and Chargers. Chiefs are locked into the three seed in the AFC. Mahomes is sitting. Chargers are actually favored by three and a half in this game. I'd imagine uh, – some of the other Chiefs players on their defensive side who have been really good this year, Chris Jones, et cetera, will sit as well. I'm taking – I guess I'll take the Chargers. Ooh, he said it. I'm going with the Chiefs then, man. Hey, look, this is one of those games I need to make up. Let's go, Chiefs. All right, sure. I, I'll give you <laughs> I the mean, opportunity. I don't really have a, a real yeah. reason. Uh, Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold is the game out nice. in L.A. Uh, it's funny because the NFL – insisted on this week 18 but not two bye weeks and they took away one of the buys in the playoffs and they've kind of created accidentally another bye week in week 18 uh both these teams locked into the one and five seeds actually sorry uh the rams could move around seeding wise but they're not in control of it um i think it is dependent on another team if i'm remembering correctly uh but it also like they they can't get a home playoff game so it's kind of you know it's just about which matchup they would get so uh rams Choosing to sit Matthew Stafford, Niners sitting a bunch of guys. I think I'm gonna go with I'm Sam gonna, Darnold here. Yeah, I'm gonna go San Francisco here. I'm not picking Carson Wentz to win a football game. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Uh, Cowboys, Commanders, Dallas favored by 13. They win. They win the division. I think one, two, three. You ready? One, two, three. Cowboys. Cowboys. How about just, them Cowboys? Did we just jinx it for the Cowboys and? Screw the commanders out of the number two pick. I think we did. Oh, damn it. Well, uh, Bills and Dolphins for the AFC East oh on Sunday mm. night football. Buffalo is favored by two and a half. Injury report is not great for the Dolphins. Oh. Um, Tyreek didn't practice yesterday because of what was going on at his home with the fire, but he's also got that ankle injury. Um, Raheem Mostert, questionable. Jalen Waddle questionable Bradley Chubb obviously now on IR so they're thinner up front on defense Xavier Howard is out yikes bro uh I'm going to go with the Bills I think the Dolphins are going to end up resting a lot of guys uh they see where they are again I I think if you're one of these teams and you're in the wild card you just happen to be in to be honest I don't know man like they want that home playoff game if you're Miami, you want to play at home or you want to have to go to some northern team? That will be lovely, but are you really risking more and more? I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. I'm going to go with the Bills, though, regardless. I actually think I am, too. What I just think the they're playing I think they're playing better ball right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not about resting. I mean, obviously, if the Bills were to get up early, could, could I see McDaniels pulling the plug? Yeah, I could. But... I think ultimately Bills, who, by the way, need to win this game to get in. There's a couple of other scenarios, potentially. Um, I mean, actually, I'd say they need to They need to win. They need to win to win the AFC East. They get in then with a Pittsburgh loss, Jacksonville loss, or a Houston Indy tie. Also, if they tie this game, they would get uh, in the playoffs as well. So, Buffalo, 
easiest way is winning in, but they're not dead. They'll obviously know by the time they kickoff play. happens because yeah. they're the last game. Um, but, yeah, that's that's where they're at. Dolphins uh, just winning in for the, the East, and if not, they're already clinched. So that's that's where we're at with that. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo. I think they're playing better ball right now. Hey, look, I agree, man. Hey, I'm excited. We got some some juicy games. We sure do. Uh, by the way, 49 yards for Tua, and he hits 4,500. Also needs two touchdowns for 30 on the year. All right, that is uh, our trip around the NFL. When we get back, we'll go back to Commanders and Cowboys. Our final pick six of the year. Why? Because we can. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Sorry, Anthony, I got distracted by uh, something that I think we might play in real things. So I just I just DM'd it to you. So look forward to that. Uh, basketball players asked their favorite Taylor Swift song. It went great. Uh, it's time, one final time, for this season to do a pick six. The six biggest commander storylines. It is caught! Delivered at six o'clock sharp. It's the pick six at six. I'm going to be the biggest and harshest critic, but I'm also the number one fan. All right, Anthony, uh, whose turn is it to go first? It is Craig Hoffman's turn. Damn it. No not pressure. That, not that I'd be super pumped to go second either. No pressure. I mean, literally no pressure. We're not going to revisit this on Monday. We're going to be talking about the news of the day on Monday. Our Monday show is going to look very different than every other Monday show because why would it look the same, you know? Um, actually, here's there's a correct answer for number one. I'm going to go with number one, Emmanuel Forbes. Um, Emmanuel Forbes was in good positions to make plays last week. He did not make plays uh, against Brandon Ayuk. Um, he also lost Brandon Ayuk on that terrible scramble drill down there in the red zone, and that resulted in a touchdown uh, for Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Ultimately, this is one of the few players that we know is going to be here next year, and his I, I like a lot of what he does uh, from a competitiveness standpoint. I think the ball skills, you've seen them at times, and I think more experience will help unlock his full potential as a player, and hopefully... With Kendall Fuller out in this game and Benjamin St. Juice questionable, even if BSJ plays, he will spend as much of the day as possible on CeeDee Lamb and gain that experience. So, Emmanuel Forbes is number one on our list for this week. Anthony. Number two. Number two. Number two. That's what I said. Number two, I'm going with my guy, Terry McLaurin. Really? Did I still want? No, I just you go with him every week. I did not. I, I did go with him last week. Yeah, I was about to but say, don't you dare say is, I didn't use him last week. Okay, why are you going with Terry McLaurin? Because he has a chance to notch one thousand yards. Okay. for the fourth time in his young career, and uh, we already know he's going to get a lot of man coverage. And again, it's going to be on Terry to you know win quick and also sometimes come down with the contested catch. Against Stephon Gilmore last time, he had a rough outing. Gilly really had him locked down. So uh, I'm expecting Terry to, you know, bounce back, go out there in the season with a bang. All right. I, I don't hate that. Um, 
I will see how much of a priority that is. Sometimes that is uh, a big priority. And a guy like EB who's been around and a guy like Rom, I'd be like, hey, let's make sure we get Terry uh, some opportunities mm-hmm. here and get him across that thousand yard. Uh, by the way, something Terry also has locked up already for the fourth time. Congratulations uh, on to Terry for winning the Media Good Guy Award four straight years as the best interview uh in the commander's locker room, someone who gives insights, someone who makes himself available. Um, he's consistent. He, he's not always around uh, from what I understand now, but like he's got his time and he never misses his call. Like he talks Wednesdays at whatever time and everybody knows they better be there at his locker. And he fulfills that obligation and he answers every single question and he doesn't throw away answers. Um, he's a great interview as someone who's interviewed him uh, a number of times and uh, he's the other thing that I, I say I appreciate about Terry uh, in my interactions with him as a media member, um, which now involve you know going to the stadium and seeing him, is like he treats you like a human. If you walk by, he's like, "Hey man, how are you?" And that's nice because a lot of I think athletes in general see the media as like non-human, and we're just we're just men and women trying to do our jobs, just like they're out there doing theirs. And uh, Terry, I think, realizes that in a major way. So no surprise, Terry wins the Good Guy Award. So congrats to him. All right, number three. Number three. <laughs> Us in technology today, Craig. It's a techno-tard Friday. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so we are going to go with Quan Martin for the basically the same reasons that we went with Emmanuel Forbes, um, Quan has been playing good ball the last couple of weeks, arguably their best defensive player in some of these games over the last couple of weeks. He's really adapted well to that Buffalo nickel slot type of role. And he could in that role wind up on CD lamb as well. So, um, that is obviously a big, big way that the Cowboys create good matchups. He's got to take care of that, take care of business. there. also important as they continue their run game uh or their run defense uh which has not been very good but he has actually been pretty good in that role fitting runs he's not afraid to take on guards uh and and big offensive linemen in the hole um Quan is a big part of their future and I think you know I've said this before like I don't know that I wouldn't re-sign Cam Curl because I have Quan Martin but if I lose out to Cam on Cam Curl in a contract negotiation I feel a lot better about it because I have Quan Martin so, Quan Martin, number three, super important for their future. All right, Anthony, number four. Number four. Number four, Craig, I haven't done this in a couple of weeks. So, you're doing a coordinator. You already know. I'm going with EB, Craig. I'm going against EB because guess what? In games uh, where, we, where we've had the scheme against pressure, he has not done a great job. When we played the Giants both times, he's done a terrible job. When we played the, the Dolphins, I didn't necessarily think he did all that good of a job. The Bills, of course, and even in the first Dallas. Well, the first Dallas game, the first half was actually okay. But the Wolves fall, fell off uh, the bus real fast. So I'm thinking uh, EB just has to do a better job making sure Sam is uh, comfortable in the pocket, scheming against that pressure, because we already know that Dallas is going to bring it. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. And Dallas is definitely way more vulnerable against the run. Will he in week 18 on the way out? Oh, my God. Just be like, you want to know what? Screw it. Like, you don't, you remember this as a fan, (laughs) but like the ultimate and FU end of season is Kyle Shanahan 2013. Kyle passed the ball 70, 11, 5,200 times. And it was just like, I'm going to prove a point. You guys say 
I do this too much. I do that too much. Watch this. This is the most miserable game any of us has ever played. We're freezing. My dad and I are about to get fired. We're in New York. This game's going to last five hours, and we're going to get our money's worth. And poor Kirk Cousins just had to drop back 50-11 times. And I wonder if EB goes anti-Kyle here. He's like, you know what? You mother lovers have been telling me to run the football all year. That's so right. I'm just going to do it. And um, I think that'd be great because I think it'd actually be more successful than dropping Sam Howell back 50-11 times. Yep. I sure hope he doesn't do that with this pass rush. And by the way, again, Leno, Larson out, uh, and Wiley probably out, but it's listed as questionable. We'll see if he goes on Sunday. Uh, my fifth guy or our fifth guy, my third guy. Number five. I'm going to go with Jahan. Um I know I've, I feel like I've gone with Jahan a couple times recently, but when you make the comments in the media, you got some extra eyes on you. So I am very curious to see if he goes out and uh, does anything extra, tries to make sure that he's involved in this game. Like he hasn't had a, a great year by any stretch of the imagination. I don't even know if I'd qualify him as having a good year. Uh, the rapport between him and Hal has never really been there. But when you come out and you're like, hey, we got to develop a winning culture, Extra eyes on you, Jahan Dotson. Here are your extra eyes. I hope they're rewarded with uh, with with footballs and catches because I, I like Jahan Dotson a lot. I mean, I love the pick. Uh, again, I think also this could be a game as he uses to go into like next year. Yeah. Um. So let's go out with a bang. For sure. Number six. Number six. I'm not going to lie, Craig. I was torn uh, between a guy that I don't really have too much expectations for and then – the same reason I just gave for Jahan, just going, finishing the, uh, the season strong. So I think I'm going to go with the latter. I'm going to go with Sam Cosme. I think if he, you know, goes on to, you know, have another stellar performance uh, against uh, Dallas, you know, who who is a formidable uh, force up front, I think we can definitely just, you know, continue to build around him. And just going into next season, I think that's going to be great confidence as he might emerge as one of our, you know, captains. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think he's a guy that you want to keep around for a long time. Um, I do wonder. I know they just were like, hey, man, you're a guard now, and he's been awesome at guard. They wind up kicking him back outside. Oh, um, no. Not 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 tomorrow, but oh. or not Sunday, but, like, does the new staff come and Next be like, year? Who, why did they move you to guard? Like, you were drafted in the second round, and you're a good tackle. We're moving you to tackle. Um, that could be an interesting thing. But I think you probably just keep him at guard. I kick Wiley inside the guard, draft, draft one tackle, sign uh-huh. the other. Nat Stromberg at center. Now you're cooking. Uh, all right. That is our pick six. Dave Johnson joins us from Cleveland next. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app and streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Wizards game day here on the Team 980. Your flagship home for Wizards basketball. That means it's time for us to talk to Dave Johnson. Time to get the radio party started. Blocked by Bilal Kulabali. Oh, oh boy, did he stuff him. Left wing pool, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. Into the basket, slam right there. Oh, the steal the oh. slam. You better go off. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now, foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll dry your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. It's there. Big, big shot. On the Hoffman Show. Dave joins us from Cleveland, which means for the second time this week, I get to go, hello, Cleveland. 
Anthony, can you uh, can you bring Dave up for me? Thank you, sir. Uh, Dave, how are we doing? Well, well said, well said. And by the way, I have the answer uh, to the question, why is Cleveland now referred to as the land or the etymology oh, yes. of that? Oh, yes, yes, please enlighten and, us. Now, now, now tonight, as I look on the court, the wine and gold court, it's a big C in the middle, not the land, because on Wednesday they were wearing their city edition uniforms, which has the land for Cleveland. Uh, and apparently, and, and this is why I was not aware of it, but the land as a nickname for Cleveland, I'm told by this thing called the Internet that it was bubbling in the underground of the city's hip-hop culture during the early 90s and then made its way mainstream in 1995. So there's your – that's why Cleveland is the land. So if you, if you want to be hip when you travel to Northeast Ohio, tell them Dave Johnson sent you and use the land. Amazing. All right, so that solves one mystery. Dave, here's our show mystery tonight. Uh, we we were unaware initially that this game is a 7.30 start, which is really a, just a terrible job of Anthony and I checking the schedule. Like, that's a, that's an operator error. But these two teams did play on Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Why are they playing at 7.30 tonight? Now, these are the tough well, questions. No, and now, now see, now this, this question will have to spill into next week, which no doubt will be... A cliffhanger for your listeners. I have certainly efforted to find that out because while it's only a, a half hour difference, believe me, it, it makes it makes a difference to our return home time. So right. my dreams of getting back to DC by midnight have been shattered cruelly by this, and I, I can't figure out why because we have a back to back. So you would think they would like to give us 24 hours. Uh, they don't play tomorrow, so you know, throw the Cavaliers out of the equation. But it it, it makes. No offense, and I, I've asked a couple times about it. Nobody, <laughs> nobody seems to have an answer. So, um, and that might be a tougher one to find out because I found out about the land and the hip hop culture via the internet. Like most people, find out everything, but this might not be on the internet. So I'm going to have to get to the bottom of why it's a it's a 7:30 uh, tip tonight. And I don't want to hear about traffic because Cleveland is not. D.C. in terms of traffic. In fact, what, what amazes me, and I love it, when you come to cities like Cleveland, you drive around uh, on a night at 7 o'clock on a street that would be the equivalent of our, let's say, Connecticut Avenue, uh, and it, it feels like you're in a movie set. And at any moment, like a 1940s gangster is going to come out of the the, uh, the bank or something and shoot it up. It, it just has that, that feel to it. So I'll have to figure out why we're starting at 739. 7.15 is a pregame on the Washington Wizards radio network. But you shouldn't feel bad because how I found out this morning was my producer telling me that the power pregame, which is on the Wizards app right now, would start at 6.15. I said, 6.15? Why is it supposed to be an hour before tip-off or before scheduled game time? So that's how I found out. So we're all just flummoxed. Anthony, we're not alone. Dave didn't know either. Yay! <laughs> That makes hey Dave, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be out of the loop, at least we're together, you right. know. Right. Uh, well, misery and, and, misery slash confusion loves company. Now, and this is the one of those things where I mean, one of the great things about although the NFL I think plays now on every day of the week <laughs> and every time they're, they're probably preempting the Today Show in the morning for a game or something. But but once upon a time, the Don't NFL give them many is, ideas, Dave. Please. No, I do. Well, they'll take it. Once upon a time, and your listeners know this. NFL games were Sunday, 1 o'clock, and then the second was 4, and that was it. It, it, it wasn't all this Sunday night, Thursday night, et cetera, et cetera. 
However, as I was growing up, and this uh, people should get an appreciation for this, I was a Baltimore Colts fan because I grew up closer to Baltimore. Uh, and Baltimore was the only team, and this is into the 70s, that kicked off, and maybe right up until they, they bolted in the night for Indianapolis, their kickoff time was 2 o'clock. And the reason, and it, it's so sweet, the, the city leaders in Baltimore, it shows you that Baltimore once upon a time was just a little big town. The city leaders said, well, you know, we're going to not allow them to kick it off till 2 because we have to let people get out of church on mm. time. And, and that's, that's, uh, that shows you just, uh, it's almost like a Mayberry story, but even in the 70s, you know, Baltimore was still a city of a million people or whatever, and yet the NFL didn't kick off until 2 o'clock uh, because, well, you need to get people a chance to leave church and change clothes and get ready to yell and scream. You know, as someone who grew up in the South, I'm actually surprised that that wasn't a more common thing. I guess there wasn't a team in Charlotte until the 90s, and there wasn't a team in Jacksonville until the 90s, but those two places seem like a place that pro football could have been pushed back because of church. Anyway, uh, Dave, unfortunately, I think we've stalled long enough. What <laughs> what happened the other night? I mean, the it's one thing. We know that this season isn't about wins and losses, but the blowouts, those are those are not very fun. What went so horribly wrong on Wednesday? Well, you know, look, they, they, uh, you're going to hear what I'm still saying in the pregame. They, they out-physicaled the Wizards. Uh, the Wizards, plain and simple, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's no way to sugarcoat a or, or put a, a mask on a 39-point loss. They they got got it handed to them, uh, and and you know sadly that look that's going to happen also in the best of seasons. But you know it, it was it certainly was disappointing with the way this team has been trending. I mean you know very competitive against the Hawks and won the previous. So I mean you know look. Uh, by all rights, they actually could have come to Cleveland looking to go on a three-game winning streak against the Cavaliers team that is missing a couple starters. So, so there's no excuses. And what you want to see tonight, okay, what's the response? And, and again, I, I said the other night, you know, uh, I'll give the team credit. They, they had a situation, you know, in Orlando where the second game against the Magic was much better than the first. When, when you played them you know, in the you know consecutive days or, you know, two games over three days. So, uh, they just got it handed to them. And, they, and, you know, I think what happens is as much as we like to diagram things and, and they tell me artificial intelligence exists and all those things, I, I think this team got the more the, – the, the Cavaliers are not a good three-point shooting team. Uh, they shot 48% and, and made 20 threes the other night. I, I think uh, the Wizards, for the most part, has been a team that is – you know, needless to say, play through adversity, keeps their head held high, but I think they got demoralized with the three-pointers that kept going in. And, um, you know, it's a simple look at the numbers, and the numbers don't lie. Uh, some of the numbers are deceiving, but they got beaten up on the boards, and, and they were outshot from three. And so that's going to end in an ugly loss, which it did. So tonight, they have to be more physical on the perimeter. Uh, I mean, too many guys got lost and, and just had – field days with outside shots and they have to be more physical on the inside. You can't get beaten, you know, 35 to 17 in second chance points, or you can't get let a guy like Sam Merrill, uh, who you may or may not have your dance card. You know, he does one <laughs> thing and make three pointers. And he did the other night. So uh, they, they know it is like the old, 
deal when you go to a doctor and say, Doc, it hurts when I do this. And he says, well, don't do that. So they know what they're supposed to do. It's, it's how, you know, they execute it tonight. And if they do, and, and that's going to be the, the, the challenge. And, and but they had a film session yesterday. You, you did. You can't hide or mask. Uh, they were outplayed and out physical on Wednesday night. End of story. Yeah, and we'll see if they can get it back tonight. This Cleveland crew is tough. Uh, Jared Allen, obviously one of the best rebounders in the league. He had a monster night the other night. We'll see what they can do with it. Dave will be on the call coming up at 7.15. The pregame show starts on the Wizards Radio Network. That's 7.15, boys and girls. A stat and a piece of information that Dave and I have known our entire lives. Uh, Dave Johnson, everybody. Uh, Have a great weekend, sir, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, more answers will be... Uh, more questions will be answered next week. I'll look forward to it. Let's go. Right, have a good one. Uh, you too. All right, that's Dave Johnson, everybody, with us on the Hoffman Show. One last look at what is trending, and then real things, real people said in real microphones to wrap up this here radio show. Yet another week where I somehow wasn't ready for it, but it's Friday, everybody. Gotta get down on Friday. It is. And then we're almost mercifully at the weekend. The weekend we've all been waiting for. And when I say that, I feel weird, Anthony, because I, I want to be very clear. We, I'm not going to say no one, and I'm not going to get up here and pontificate today. No one should. Y'all are adults. Do what you want. Um, I don't think it's proper to celebrate people losing their jobs. Um, now, do I think Ron Rivera... And many other people uh, who have been handsomely paid, Martin Mayhew, et cetera, are going to be just fine. Yeah. They got houses other places. They'll go to those. They might keep working in the league in whatever capacity, like, good for them. They they had good runs. In Rivera's case, like, you know, he's he's been in this league for 40 years. Um, I don't think you need to feel bad for Ron Rivera by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't feel bad for Ron Rivera, because ultimately this is the business. He didn't do the job uh, well. It's a business where there's a scoreboard, and the scoreboard says, <laughs> so with that said, I do not feel bad for Ron Rivera. I just, I don't want to, there's no reason to to cause a parade here. Um, the parade can come when you hire the next guy if you really think that that person is uh, very good at what they do and that you're excited about the next thing. Um, that said, we've known this is coming for so freaking long that just getting here I am happy about. Like, the purgatory is almost over. We are now at the point where we can finally start looking ahead without reckless speculation and without any immediacy, um, you know, not feeling like it's there. Come Monday, we can have real conversations about what's next for this team, and we can do it without some of the, the couch language that we've had to implement because it's always... If they do this, and really lately it's been when they do this, the when is coming, the when will be Monday. Um, and also, I will tell you this, on Monday I am planning on going to Ashburn. Um, they'll have their open locker room, like always. Who knows if the coaching stuff will be done by then, um, and who else? Like, I, I think the biggest question, Anthony, for me for Monday is what else happens, right? It's we know Rivera. Sorry, Ron. We know Rivera is is on his way out. Do they go ahead and get rid of Mayhew? I think probably. Herney is one I have a question about because I could see him staying in an executive senior role as like a transition. Someone who knows the scouts, has had some success in his career, picking players, you know, has opinions that might be valued. Um, I could see him staying 
at least for now. Like, he he will not have a lot of power, but he could stay. The enemy's very up in the air on a temporary basis, right? He's on a two-year contract. Do you let him go now, or do you let the next coach decide? And then also what happens to the rest of the coaches? I'd imagine the defensive staff is out. Like, the entire defensive staff, see ya, thanks for playing. Um, you know, maybe there's some... Maybe there's some... Uh, low-level assistants that that get a chance to interview to keep their jobs. But in all likelihood, probably probably take care of a lot of that. And then offensively, I think there's a lot of questions as well because, you know, these coaches are under contract. And so, you know, if you like someone and you can not have to double pay and they fit with the new people, you can keep them. So, um, and there is some something to having someone who's familiar with the players, has some knowledge of how the players learn, all that kind of stuff. So, Going to be a a big day on Monday, uh, Mr. Haney. It's Finally. Gonna, it's going to be a huge day. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a long day as well. Yeah, it gonna is. going to be a long uh, day. Not as long as today because the Wizards play at 7 o'clock, and that means we're done at 645. Yeah, I would just talk about, you know, the start to – I mean, your day is going to start before – my yeah, day that's... is actually going to start before your day because I'll be traveling back from Indy. Oh, that's so true. I'll be catching up on – I'll be uh, yeah. I'll be in the car by 8 a.m. at the latest, oh, probably probably earlier yep. to get out to Ashburn. So we'll see how long that lasts and if there's any. Because who knows? Like, does Josh Harris hold a press conference on Monday? It's Ooh. possible. It's possible. Dang. So we'll uh, see how that Maybe see how that go. Yeah. All right. Uh, with all of that said, let's wrap up the show with some fun. It's time for real things real people said in two real microphones. Real things. We're not gonna be sucked this year. Real people. Five and eleven. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know the culture is actually damn good. Oh, that's about to be two regimes ago. That's hilarious. All right, Brian Dable, head coach of the Giants, uh, gave his final press conference of the year today and uh, had this hilarious exchange with a reporter, and I would remind you that Brian Dable has no hair. Big money on Sunday if they hit certain thresholds. Are you aware of those? Go Sorry, ahead. I'm looking at your hair. My hair? Yeah. <laughs> jealous? Doggy <laughs> jealous? Oh, I am. But you should you should look you should turn flip your flip your phone around and take a look at it. It is a little wild. But yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's been about, I don't know, thirty years, so yeah. I forgot the question. <laughs> As uh, someone who occasionally gets wild hair, I know that feeling. Um, but that that New York media man, they'll get you. I couldn't. He really asks, "Are you jealous?" Like, pretty funny. Nah, that was funny. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty, pretty funny. Uh, last night, crazy ending in uh, Golden State, or was it in Denver? Either way, uh, Nikola Jokic, Warriors, Nuggets. He. Uh, he called game. Uh, the game was on TNT, and uh, Charles Barkley had a very important question afterwards. Joker, can I ask you a question? Did you call glass on that? My friend, I'm happy. <laughs> hey, congratulations. <laughs> in case you couldn't catch that, my friend, it went in. I was happy. That's all you can ask for, to be honest. Yeah. You hit a, be- a buzzer beater like that. And the fact that he's missed five total field goals over the last four games is insane. 
That wait, really? Yes, he's missed five total field goals over the last four games. One game he was like eleven for eleven. Yesterday, I think he was nine for eleven. Like he's been, he's been he's killing cooking. it, cooking. Yeah. Uh, MVP. Oh, very, very possible for him. Is it going to come down to yeah. him and JoJo? Uh, yeah, again. It looks like it. All right, we'll see you on Monday. It'll be a Black Monday. Uh, so buckle up, kids. Uh, see you then.